is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Regardless on how you want it, but uh, life is a journey. And there's a lot of people with basically... Um, I, I heard a sermon over and over, all over the world, actually. When, wherever I go, I hear preachers pick up from John chapter 16. And, uh, but every preacher basically uh, speaks differently. I mean, the meaning of John 16 is totally, completely different. And uh, God spoke to them differently, and they all impact life. And this also impacts my life. So this morning, I'm going to go to John 16 as well. And then I call John 16 as a life journey. So life is a journey. So, um, and um, just bear with me because I'm learning to use electronic. Um, um, So in John chapter 16, beginning basically in verse 16, I'm going to start reading the word of God. And then I'm going to start talking with you about what it's all about. What is life? What is journey? I'm talking about. So here in John chapter 16, beginning in verse 16, basically we can start it from the beginning of of verse 1, but I'm going to cut it short to verse 16. This is what happening before I start reading, is that uh, Jesus was getting ready to leave this world and going back to heaven. But before he do that, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to come. And uh, if you know the whole story, that uh, he's been with his disciple, the 12 disciple, for the last three or four years. So they're really comfortable. When there's a storm, all they need to do is just call upon Jesus. He just stood up and calmed the storm. So it's, all, it's a piece of cake for Jesus, as a matter of fact. And when somebody dies, all they, all they need is just Jesus so he can raise them from the dead. If somebody's sick, all they need is Jesus, who he can touch them and heal them. When they struggle with food, when, when they're hungry, all they need is tell Jesus, and he will provide them food. You now, five loaf, and he can feed over 5,000 people. So every problem, every situation in life, Jesus can resolve it because he's the son of God. As a matter of fact, he's God himself. So, so when... when all of this happening around the disciple, they're very comfortable. They're very comfortable. And I don't blame them for that. If I'm one of them, I'm probably very comfortable. Because I know someone with me who I can count on. In every situation, he have all the answer. And Jesus is an awesome. But at this time, he said, well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away. And then in verse 16, he said, in a little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he said to us a little while, and you will not see me? And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, so they were saying, What does he mean by in a little while? Remember, this disciple, a growing up person, they're not a little child. They know exactly what the word in a little while. 
I'm pretty sure they do that. They do know. I remember when, you know, I have two children, a son and a daughter. My son now 28, my daughter 25. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm proud to be a grandfather. So my, da- my granddaughter is three months old. So I got to hold her the day she was born. It's beautiful. This morning, my son sent me a little picture of my mother, who's 88 years old, holding her great-granddaughter. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love both of those ladies. You know, my granddaughter and my mother, so make me miss them. So it's beautiful. And uh, so big, and, and, and all of this is happening. So I remember when my son and daughter was a little... You know, I don't know how many kids in this country love McDonald, but my children love McDonald when they was a little. So when they was cranky, so all I need to do in a little while will take you to McDonald. Yeah! <laughs> they all cheer up. They stop being cranky. They just happy. So they know what I meant by saying in a little while we'll take you to McDonald. They know exactly what I said. But this is a growing up people. Twelve disciples all growing up. And, and then when, when Jesus said, in a little while you see me no more, you know what they said? They said, we don't know what he meant. In a little while we'll see you no more. We do not know what he is talking about in verse 18. So in verse 19 it says, Jesus knew that they want to ask him. So he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourself? What I mean by saying in a little while, you will not see me? And again, in a little while. You will see me. So they was basically, they was pretty confused. When they hear that someone they can count on is going to leave them. So they don't even want to understand what he was talking about. They don't want to hear that word. When my father is about to pass away, he say, I'm going to say the last goodbye. I don't want to hear that. I know he's going to go, but I still don't want to hear that word. So, because I love him, and because the disciple loved Jesus so much and trust him so much, so they don't want him to leave them. So, and... Uh, the scripture go on and on in, in verse 16, in chapter 16, basically talking about life. So here I'm, I'm going to pause on this part of the scripture and then just, just, just basically uh, reason with you what really all about in chapter 16. Life is a journey to reach a destiny, to reach a destination, we must start our first step somewhere and somehow. You can't, you know, I wish I can come to England, just take one step and get here. I don't like airplane. It's take too long. I don't like the screening in all of the airport in the world. It take too long. Sometimes it's more complicated. I wish I can just take one step and I arrive here and I will come every day. But it, it doesn't take, I mean, it takes a lot. So we must start our first step somewhere and somehow. To fulfill our entire life journey, we will require a lot of step. Whether you want it or not. The question is this, can we walk or take a step by ourselves without an, an assistant? Of course, sometimes we can do that. We can walk by ourselves. 
We don't need any assistance. But at a time, we will desperately need help from others. In my case, I've been, you know, I've been tortured by the Khmer Rouge when I was 16 years old. You know, they didn't have Nintendo game at that time, so I was their Nintendo game. As a matter of fact, they tortured me. They broke my leg, so my right leg is broken. It's just a standing here talking to you without crutches. It's an amazing, it's a miracle. I have one doctor who's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, he lives in Colorado in America. And when he took a picture, the x-ray of my foot, especially my right foot, and he saw me walking and talking to him, he opened his mouth big. He said, this is amazing. You shouldn't walk. You shouldn't be on crutches or on wheelchair. But it's, now that you're walking and talking to me, it's a miracle. And I told him, you know, he's a believer. So I told him, don't you remember we believe in a miracle working God? He's amazing. He can help me stand here and walk around uh, without wearing crutches. So, but sometimes I need crutches when I walk. Sometimes I need other people to help me. I can't do it by myself. I know for the fact because I have some handicap in my body. So, so life, sometimes we don't need somebody to help us, but sometimes we do. Depend on the situation. So, of course, who will be the best helper for our life journey? That's the question we should ask. Could it be friend? Of course, sometimes friend will be the best person to ask for help. Could it be family? Could it be husband? Could it be wife? Yeah, if you get along well, you can ask each other to support, but someday your wife upset with you, good luck. <laughs> She's probably not going to cook for you even. You know, it's, it's just a problem. You know, maybe you don't have that problem, but only Cambodian. So, it is always good to consult friend, family or help for help. But the question is this, can they all help you? In every situation? Can we rely on them without other sources? How about the expert? When we have problems, can the expert resolve our problem? Maybe. Maybe not. Are they out there to answer all of our questions? Are they honest with us? How about God? How about God? Well, he may be too high. He's way up there in a way too high heaven. So can't beyond reach, we can't reach to him. That's what some people think. That's what sometimes you think. Sometimes I think that way. He's too busy. There are billions of people out there who need him. Maybe my problem too small. <laughs> Maybe he can't help me. He's busy with uh, Syria right now. He's busy with Iraq. He's busy with Cambodia. So England, he's, oh, you, you by yourself. Take care of yourself. You're okay. Sometimes we think that way. We think our God is too small or too busy. So he can't help us. Sometimes we think that way. But we, we're going to walk through the scripture and see what God is thinking. This is man thinking. We're thinking he's too busy. He's too far away. 
he, he's too high, too powerful. Therefore, he cannot understand us. He may, may use the language that we do not understand. Oh, maybe God don't understand English. He only spoke Khmer or Cambodian. You know, sometimes we think that way. But God's message to me is that normally create question in human mind. According to John chapter 16, verse 19, God is saying, in a little while you will see me no more. So just that term alone is very basic, very simple. I say earlier, even a little child can be understood. But we, as, as human beings, as a growing up person, sometimes we don't understand. Because it's not human word, it's God's word. We really don't understand. So, so it creates question. And it's also, sometimes we do understand the word of God, but we chose not to. Sometimes we chose that, well, he's spoken to someone else, not me. No, I'm good enough. So that, that particular scripture is only spoken in direct to somebody else. Me and my wife, we like to say that. Sometimes we disagree. So the word of God we read normally before meal, we read the word of God together. Sometimes Rhonda give me a huge big smile. She say, he's talking to you. <laughs> I say, how about you? She say, no, I'm okay. He's talking to you. So I remember, you know, sometimes the other time when we, before we eat meal, so I start reading another scripture. And then I give my wife a huge big smile. I say, now he's talking to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> she say, wow, you pay me back big time. <laughs> so we like to do that. Maybe not in your family, but my family, we do that. Sometimes we think God only speaking to someone else, not us. So that's what's happening with the disciple right here. When they hear the word of God said that, I'm going to be leaving. In a little while, you'll see me no more. They know exactly what he meant, but they don't want to know. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to understand. And then they're confused, and then they say, we don't understand what you mean. So the word of God, it created a lot of questions in our human mind. That's the first part I can think of. Second part I think of that the word of God, the word will like to, some, the world like to impress us with a positive solution. But God desires to tell us the truth and the facts of life. That you can read in, in, in John chapter 16 verse 20 and 22. I'm, I'm going to start reading that. John chapter 16 verse 20 to 22. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my electronic thing. You know what? My book go to Luke instead of John. That's why I wonder... If anybody have a book, can you read for me, please? John 16, verse 20 to 22. 
tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that the child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time to weep, for I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Thank you very much. That's the word of God. That the world likes to impress us with a positive solution. As a matter of fact, if I travel around the world sometime, I couldn't sleep because of the jet lag. So I'm turned on television. And the number one commercial I saw all over the world, losing weight. <laughs> you know, you take this pill, we guarantee in 20 days you will lose 20 pounds. So you lose one pound a day. It's too good to be true. And then they, they get some model, <laughs> which is before and after. <laughs> and people believe it. So they have become multi-million dollar. They like to impress us that everything is positive. You're going to be okay if you take our pill. You're going to be okay if you use our product. That's what the world is all about. But God's desire is to tell us the truth and the facts of life. God never promised that we're going to all have paved road wherever we go. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, if you to come to Cambodia, I will show you that's not all paved road. There's some part is not paved. Some part is a pothole. It's huge, big pothole. Some part of the country in Cambodia, we travel, and the car in front of you, you know, you probably have two cars travel together, and the car in front of you, if you fall asleep a little bit and you woke up, you open your eyes, that car disappeared. Probably your mom was sitting there on that car. And then you got kind of panicked. What happened to the other car? Guess what? It was in the pothole. <laughs> and as you look carefully and patiently in a, in a little while, in a few minutes, that car rises up from that pothole. So a pothole that big someplace. You couldn't even see that car. It's buried under that pothole. But... Uh, Thank God they came back up. And in the same, likewise, when the car in front of you got off on the pothole, it's your turn to go in. And then they look back, your relative who sit in the front car look back, what happened to the car on the back where my relative is sitting? Actually, they go through a pothole. So life is not always smooth. God never promised that everything going to be smooth all the time. And then he gave us a good illustration of the woman is giving birth. So when woman is giving birth, you know, for those of you who are women and used to have baby, when you're giving birth, you know, it's not all that easy. There's a lot of pain involved. And then, you know, I work for a paramedic department in, in, in the state of Colorado for a few, a few years. And in many occasions, we will, somebody will call us 911 to pick them up because they was in labor. The water breaking, so we took it to the hospital. When we get to the hospital, typical American woman will scream, 
husband and when their beloved husband comes, they say, I hate you. Go away. I don't want you. <laughs> you make me go through this pain. <laughs> I've seen that over and over. It was look funny, but that's reality. Because she's in a lot of pain, so she even hates her husband for that moment. So poor husband, honey, I'm trying to be here. I'm sorry, honey. No, go away. Go away. I don't want to see you. <laughs> She's in too much pain. All right? And then when that little precious child being born, she forgot all those pains. She just kissed that child and then want to kiss her husband. Oh, honey, thank you so much for giving me this precious child. <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know. For those of you in the medical field, you've probably seen it the same thing. But poor Asian women, they've been taught to bit their tongue when they're in a lot of pain. So don't bite their tongue. You guess what they end up being? They just deliver a child without a doctor around <laughs> in America. And I've seen it all. But it doesn't mean that they didn't have the pain. They do have a pain. So life just like that, just like women giving birth to a new child, the same thing. There's a pothole right there during the time of Sivas and labor. So this is not easy. So life never been easy, and Jesus never promises it's going to be all busy. If you hear somebody preaching that as soon as you receive Jesus Christ, everything's going to be all right, I don't know where this gospel gets from. But I get the gospel that's saying life is a pothole. Life is a journey, and just like this part. So Jesus tells you as it is, the truth and the facts of life. He's not lying to you just like those companies saying, you use our product, you're going to be all right. That's not that easy. So, but the good, is, the good thing is that there's a pothole, but there's a payroll waiting for you, ahead of you. That's a promise that God is giving to all of us. And there's nothing better to, to understand that promise than Psalm 23rd. The Lord is my shepherd, who will bring me to, to green grass and the water that flow. There's nothing more beautiful than Psalm 23rd. That's a promise of God. And, and this is part of life. And then, you know, there's a pothole in Cambodia, but there's also a pothole in England and a pothole in America. One time, I'd been asked to go and speak in a small town outside of, of, of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so I arrived at the airport, Philadelphia, and there's a young boy, I call him young boy, he's a handsome young man, about 16. He stood there with a big sign and said, Welcome, Dr. Lee. <laughs> I looked for, and I saw that, I went to him, and he greeted me, I greeted him, so we greeting each other. I said, where's your dad, or where's your mom? He said, no, you're with me. I'm supposed to meet you here and take you to our village. I say, okay, that's fine. Are you driving? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking he's going to drive me, and he's about 16. 
And he probably needs somebody to escort him or sit next to him to drive me. But at least he's on the ground. But guess what happened? He walked me, instead of go out of the terminal, he walked me to another terminal. And I was wondering, where are we going? I thought you'd come and take me to, to your village, to your home. He said, yeah, but we're going to go to another terminal. I said, are we flying again? He said, I think so. So he's flying me on Chesna. And guess what? When he got on the plane, I say, is there an instructor with you? He said, no, not, not today. This is the first day that I'm flying without my instructor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he's not driving a car, but he's driving something up in the air. And he got in, he gave me all those tools, you know, put on seat belt and headsets and all of that. He said, you can hear the communication with the tower, just like I do. And please give me advice, Pastor, if anything you see is not going right. <laughs> I said, <say>, okay, <laughs> sounds awesome. So in other words, is that God is teaching me how to have faith. You know, I have a lot of faith, but that's not that much. <laughs> so when I got on a plane, I pray I never be closer to God than that time. As soon as we're about to get to leave, there's thunderstorm coming and all of that. And he sat there and said, oh, pastor, pray for me. <laughs> and I said, what happened? What the control tower say? Can we just don't go? He said, no, I, I need to take you there. And I'm going to. And he talked to the control tower, and all of a sudden they say, well, they give you a green light. I say, go. Here we go. <laughs> so we took off. and we got there, we have trouble past the cloud. So we got up in the air, and then when we had trouble to go up above the cloud, so, so there's a pothole right there. Boom, 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 boom. So, well, it's a challenge. So hear what he said. He said, Pastor, remember the DOT telling you? I said, what is DOT? He said, Department of Transportation. He was talking while we both on headset and we up in the air. He said, the DOT, uh, you remember the DOT? You know, sometimes the DOT will tell us, uh-uh, they forget to fix some of the pothole. You know, there's pothole down on the ground, but there's also pothole up here because the DOT didn't fix it. <laughs> That's what he said. I said, why do you say that? He said, I said that to comfort me. <laughs> so anyway, it doesn't help me much, you know. Here's, here's a 16-year-old flying for the first time with our instructor and picked me up to go to his town. So it's quite a challenge. But even up there in the air, there's a pothole. So it's not only on the ground, but there's a pothole up there. So that's, to me, it's life. That's part of life. Life is a journey. There's a pothole we need to pass. So thank God both of us landed okay. When we landed, it was ready to land. That's another challenge. He said, Pastor, you know what? I never landed by myself. That's the most difficult thing as a new pilot. So when we landed, we, we almost go sideways. And we did it okay. Because there's a smooth road waiting for us. And when we arrive, there are people who give us an applause. 
and thank God his instructor was stood there and giving an applause also. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> that helped me a lot. Why don't you go with this young man and help him pick me up? He said, no, I want to see how he's doing. I said, okay. So they used me as a test. <laughs> and they think I have more faith because I survived the killing field of Cambodia. Maybe God is closer to me than them. And they think by having me on that plane, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> of course, I'm, I was closer to God than any other time in my life. <laughs> I pray constantly, believe me, because I was not funny. <laughs> it was scary. But that's part of life. We made it. I made it here. This is over 10 years ago. So thereafter, I got so many experience on a small plane. My son is a pilot, so he got me on a plane many occasions. And I don't have time, and I don't have to go through all that. So there's, there's another time for me to learn to pray harder and trust God even more, especially when my son is flying. Because <laughs> I remember when he was a little child, every time we, can, we take him to... Uh, to amusement park, and as he liked to ride the airplane. He said, always love to ride airplane. There was a little airplane that just go in circle. Every time the plane took off, he screamed to death. <laughs> he scared that little plane in amusement park, and let alone flying the plane up there. That scared me. It reminded me when he was a little, but he enjoyed flying. So, so those are part of life. That's the journey of life. But, okay, now we go through all of that. So what happened? What happened if we to, to, to join God in a life journey? Uh, now, now that we need somebody to help us with our problem. And, and here I, I cannot go anywhere but John chapter 16, verse 24. Say, now it is a time for us to ask God to direct our life journey. Until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask and you shall receive. That's what John 16 verse 24 said. So for those of you who have not walked a light journey with God, it is time to do it. Don't wait. Don't wait any longer. It's not fun out there. It's not safe. You may have life insurance, but what that life insurance do? When somebody's talking to me about selling life insurance to me, I say, this is awkward. I laugh. You know why I laugh? I say, that means I'm paying for a ticket to go to debt. So I, uh, I pay all this monthly fee, buy this life insurance for someone else. That's funny. So that sounds funny to me at first because I didn't know any better when they just approach me to sell life insurance. So now that you have life insurance, now that you have insurance, now that you have coverage, now that you have security, in humanly speaking, it's not good enough. You need security in God. You need security in God. He is awesome. You need the security that that you have, that's enough for you to say, it is well with my soul. The question that I have for you and for myself is that when the problem comes in life, can you say it is well with my soul? Can you say that with confidence? 
Can you sing that with confidence? If you don't, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 24, Ask, until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, you shall receive. So urgently, Jesus asking you and me to come to him for a full sense of security, not only, not only here on earth, but it's also in heaven. He prepared a way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father but by me. There's a lot of people out in my country are now, they're searching for, for life. They're searching for a real meaning of life. And they are searching and they found that answer in Jesus Christ. Even in the most remote of the remote in the country of Cambodia. Out in the jungle, there's no road, no, no car that can, can get there. But the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ went all the way there. And they receive with open heart. And they experience God, even in the middle of nowhere. I want to finish with this. Before I left Cambodia, we ran a youth camp with five American kids from Washington. Five American kids draw over 200 Cambodian teenagers to come to a youth camp. Because a Cambodian teenager want to meet friend from the West. So I use them as, as a vehicle to invite those young people who don't know Jesus Christ to come to a youth camp. So thank God over 200 arrived and came. The second day when we was doing a youth camp, we have a lot of activity. We have a lot of fun together, fun time together, but also some serious time together about God. We are learning about God together. So the second day when I was preaching halfway, that day I was really motivated. I, I, I sent a sense of urgency from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, that to, to somehow use his word to convict the heart of those 200 kids to, to surrender to Jesus. And I, I, was, I was all over. I was jumping up and down. I was full of energy. I was, and the country, I mean, the temperature is about only 40 degrees Celsius. But I'm still hot. I'm not only hot outside, but from within. God is giving me a sense of urgency to, to, to get those kids safe. And, and when I was doing that halfway, uh, um, the housekeeper came and was keep standing there, keep standing there doing this. And I turned around and I saw it's a young lady who do the housekeeping with the uniform. And she keep doing this and I have no idea she's doing to somebody, maybe doing to me. I don't know. I was looking and I was in the middle of the, the, the message. And then, I finally look at her and I said, do you have anything to tell me? She said, yes, sir, there's a, there's a young boy in the room who's very sick. One of your boys, one of the teenagers in this youth camp is very sick inside. He's throwing up and he has diarrhea. He, he looked very bad. So in the middle of the sermon, I, I asked everyone, I said, just, just you know, forgive me. 
and, and pray for this boy. I'm, I ran toward there and bring my medicine the box with me, ran in there. When I ran in the room, here's a boy was throwing up. Nobody know. I mean, the, the room leader forgot about him totally. And because there's so many other kids he had to take care of, so he forgot about that boy. You know, when you have over 200 kids, sometimes you forget somebody. So I went there, and he was throwing up so bad, and, you know, he had diarrhea all over the floor. And he's 16 years old. So the first and foremost that I do, I lay a hand on him and pray for a supernatural healing, because this is bad. This looked very bad. He looked very sick dehydration and everything. So after laying hand and pray for him, and then I gave him some pills to take. And God supernaturally healed him right away. So he walked out of the room with me. You know, the fever gone and everything gone. He stopped throwing up. And he said, I want to come out too. <laughs> I missed the time out there. I want to come out. I said, are you sure? You want to rest a little bit before you come out? He said, no, I want to come out with you. So he came out. So here, you know, it took about 20 minutes that we was together. And come back out and other kid was frozen, was still sitting there under the sun, waiting for me to hear the other half of the message. So I beginning to finish up the message and I gave an invitation. So, so all the kids that have not met Jesus before, all of the kids that have life without insurance from heaven and on earth, it's been convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit and come forward and receive Christ. And that boy was included. So the 16-year-old boy who was very sick was included. So thank God they all got saved by the blood of Christ. And then after that, two days later, I flown to America. And when I was in South Korea, I had a nine-hour layover. You know, with the internet connection and everything was so good in South Korea. So I'm online with Skype and all of that. And my staff in Cambodia called on Skype when I was in Korea. Say, Pastor, you remember that boy is very sick? I said, which one? It was explaining to me because there's a lot of sick kids. So that boy in particular, I said, yeah, I remember him quite well. He said, that boy, when he came back to the village, this village is out in the middle of nowhere, came back to the village, he was so passionate, want to have power from God, because I was preaching from Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The power that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling within you. The same power is now living in you. That's what the, the message I was preaching to the kid. I say, you want power, you just receive Christ through the Holy Spirit uh, that raised Christ from the dead. He make it available for you and me to utilize. And what I was telling them, I say, it's just like you, you in a city where there's all kind of electricity and there's a, there's a light out there in the room, in every single room. But the light won't come on by itself until you turn the switch on. Then the lights come on. So what Jesus is talking about when the Holy Spirit will come and live within you, if you don't turn him on, you're useless. So you have to use him. So you want power, come and receive Jesus. That's basically the whole message. So this boy got the message. So he won that power. 
He wanted so much so that he can tell the village, other villager, about Jesus. He was so passionate, so he went to the pastor and asked if he can have permission to go to the church by himself. Stay overnight and, and seeking God, pray by himself. He wanted to receive that power. And this is jungle. That church in the middle, uh, around that building, that church building is nothing but animal at night. It's so isolated, no electricity, nothing. So the pastor allowed this boy to go and all night long he prayed. And you know, the first thing God spoke to him while he prayed, say, I want you to change your name. <laughs> That's all he heard the whole night. And then he came and reported to the pastor. He said, can I go back tonight again? So the second night, uh, I want to see God. I want to know. Uh, he asked for a direction. He said, what shall I do next? And the pastor said, well, you go back to the church and, and pray all night. You ask God who you want to change my name. <laughs> so that's what he did. He go on the second night. He prayed all night. And God, he asked God, God, who you want to change? Who you want to use to change my name? And he said, while he was praying, God spoke to his spirit saying that if whoever comes first into your mind, call that person and ask that person to give you a new name. And then he went and prayed for a second night and the first person come to his mind was me. So the pastor called me from Cambodia to South Korea asking me to give this boy's name. I was very tired too because all night on a plane. So at this time, the first 12 name came to my mind. I don't give it right away, but it was the first 12 name came to my mind. You probably know who that 12 is. It's the disciple. You know, Peter, John, James, Andrew, and all of those guys. It was came to my name, but at the same time, I told the pastor, I said, give me a few days. I'm on my way to America, and maybe the next few days when I got settled down, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a lot of jet lag, so therefore I'm going to have a lot of time spending with God and praying so, and, and ask God what name want to be given to this child. And after three, four days in America, I settle down and pray, and God is impressed upon my heart as I pray the word Simeon come. Why Simeon? I have no idea. Simeon was never click in my brain. But God, through his Holy Spirit, impressed upon my heart to give this boy a new name, Simeon. So I called Cambodia back, and I told the pastor, the jungle pastor, I said, now change his name to Simeon. And the pastor said, well, can I do it on Sunday in front of the church? And he did. And uh, from that day onward, Simeon is on the way, preaching every single day. Whoever come in contact with him, he's preaching the word of God. And he's only three-month-old Christian now. And he's preaching like crazy. <laughs> it's remind me when I was first come to know the Lord. So it's really, he got that power. He got that power from God. He got the sense of security and he got a sense of urgency to preach. So my question to you, what are you waiting for? Life is a journey. And in order to complete that journey, you need somebody to help you. Somebody who will have all the answers, like the, the apostle. No. You need to go to that person. That person named Jesus Christ. He can provide you. He said, until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask. You will receive it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you very much for this opportunity to share your word. Thank you that you are the architecture 
and the engineer of our life. Most of all, you are the creator of our life. Thank you for allowing us to be to have companionship with you. All we need to do is just ask. Because you say until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask and you will receive. So this morning we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you come. You come and live with us and empower us with your power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for those who are sitting here who don't have that companionship with you, Lord. I pray that you convict their heart right now. That this is the time to do it. It's the time to come to you. So that you can walk side by side with them as they journey in life. And they know for the fact that even this life sometimes like a roller coaster. But at the end it will be a smooth road. Because you pave it for us. And you prepare for us. You've done it so wonderfully. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.